Hi, I'm Cheryl Sitz, and today we're going to be talking about the wisdom and energies of ancient Africa and awakening the lion-hearted spiritual warrior within. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Possibilities on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, my website, journeyofpossibilities.com, and now on youtube.com slash Cheryl Sitz. Each week, it's our mission to explore holistic spiritual ways that we can transform life from the inside out. We'll speak with today's guest, Carly Matamore, in just a moment. You know, Mario and I invest a lot of our time, energy, and even our money into creating these high-quality podcasts to help you learn and grow in these shifting times. If you find value in what we're doing, please show us a little love and support so that we can keep doing it for you. Your contribution of any amount is appreciated at journeyofpossibilities.com slash support. And Mario has helped me create this podcast, our website, and so much more, and he can help you too. Mario, tell us about that. Thank you, Cheryl. You know, one of the things that I've learned, it's This industry of the holistic spiritual field is very different than all other fields I've ever worked with. The holistic spiritual field is much more heart-centered, which is something that I actually learned even going through my own journey of this. And as I started developing my own sites more in a heart-centered approach with helping you with Journey of Possibilities, man, it, it took me to a whole nother level. You know what? Having learned that, I can share that knowledge and work with other people out there. And all they have to do is reach out to me and I can give them a very individual way of connecting with their people because, you know, I learned how to do it and I'm learning with with your website every day. So reach me at marrosales.net or techlifebalance.net and let me know what you would like help on. Who are you? Why are you here? What wonders and opportunities await you beyond physical death? What happened millennia ago to create the damaged earth and fractured societies you see around you? Empowering, enlightening, internationally acclaimed, the Joseph Communications books offer answers to these questions. Spiritual, concise, contemporary, non-denominational, the communications originate from Joseph, a highly evolved discarnate spirit concerned for you and the future of the planet and its peoples. The words of Joseph and his soul group give you the power to bring light and change into your own life and the lives of others and to restore the earth. Available in paperback, ebook and audiobook formats, the communications can be ordered today at www.thejosephcommunications.com and also from Amazon and other major booksellers. All proceeds are used for further publishing and advertising and to make the communications available worldwide. Carly Matamore is a shamanic psychotherapist, therapeutic energy worker, and a co-author of Sacred Messengers of Shamanic Africa with Linda Starwolf, who you met on the show a few weeks back. Carly has traveled to Timbavati, South Africa, and Zimbabwe several times. She teaches shamanic workshops at the Ahara Spiritual Community in Springfield, Illinois, which can be found online at aharaspiritualcommunity.org. Welcome, Carly. Thank you, Cheryl. I'm delighted to be here on your show. We are so I'm glad to have to you. It. Yeah. <laughs> I loved your book. I really did. You know, I read a lot of books doing this show, and some of them I have to push myself to get through, but yours was a treat. You wrote with such an open heart about your own spiritual journey and about the vital energies that are coming through from Africa. So before we kind of touch on Africa, maybe you can give the listener just a little glimpse at how you came to be so deeply connected with Africa. 
my first um, connection, actually, probably in childhood, definitely, when I would watch movies that were very um, inspiring and that would just draw me in and want to experience being in the, you know, whether it's the bush or the jungle. But my first real connection where I was on the land was in Nigeria in 1979-1980. I went there with my first husband, um, who has since passed, and we were in Sokoto, which is the the northern part of Nigeria, a very um, desert-like um, environment. And it, it, I will always remember that first sensory introduction to Africa, and it stayed with me. I think I'm just going to share briefly because it was such an amazing thing to land in Kano Airport in the middle of the night and to get off a DC-10 airplane and uh, walk down um, the stairs and to feel a whole different kind of energy in the air and then to walk through this very small airport and enter um, to a blazing sight of of all of these colors as all of these people were taking um, their 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 trip to Mecca uh, as their holy pilgrimage. So they were all wearing their holiest of, of you know, native uh, clothing and colors. And it just completely filled my senses. That was my, f- that's one memory that just brings back a, a, a deep connection to Africa. Wow, that must have been so incredible. And then I don't know if from the airport you were able to hear like all the amazing sounds of the country as well. Birds and things like that. It was dark. I had no idea where I was, you know, and we were going to take another airplane from Kano to Sokoto, which is, you know, a smaller area that's just borders Niger. But yes, lots of sounds and then the visuals. um, And then, you know, the awakening in my own body of remembering something that very, very deep that I had no words for at that point in my life. I was, I was very young. I was, you know, just 24 years old. And, uh, that was many moons ago. <laughs> wow. You know, my heart is singing with you right now as I remember what it felt like to go back to Peru when I took my first trip to Peru and was in the Amazon. And it's like, oh, I've been here before. I know I've been here before. It, it is. It's just this very vivid body experience of, of awakening and remembering something ancient. Very much so. And then to, you know, then those seeds, that seed of that experience, you know, I worked with young people, I was a teacher in a teacher's college, but it stayed, you know, in my, you know, in my memory in that place where I could feel it, you know, in all of my senses, but and I knew one day I would return, but it wasn't like, on my um, bucket list, so to speak, I just felt that yearning to someday return to Africa. So when I finally, you know, when it finally came many, many years later that I received that call to Africa, it was a bit of a surprise and it wasn't to Nigeria. You know, it was through, you know, a, a spiritual awakening the only way to describe it. And it called me, you know, to, you know, to go to be with the white lions in, in Timbavadi, South Africa. I had no understanding of what this meant or you know, what would be asked of me. It was a little daunting. Mm-hmm. And of course, I knew I could say no, because in my, you know, at some level, I'm like, I think I'm making this up, you know, and yet, you know, when it calls us, it's really important that we listen. And at one point in my life, I think probably there were things that I didn't listen to. But as we do, 
I think as we do, and as more personally, as I did my personal work of healing some of these traumas that have been in my body from this lifetime, you know, as well as maybe some of the lineage trauma that I carry in my body and collective trauma, it opened up to me being able to more clearly hear the messages and, and to act on them because that's the key. Hearing the message is one thing, but finding that courage, you know, and moving through fear, which is really what courage is all about, you know, to to not know what it's going to be and to do it anyway. Yes. Yes, I can relate to that totally. You speak in the book that indigenous African tribes had predicted that a white lion would return to sacred Timbavati, and this would mark a time of spiritual awakening. And I'd love for you to tell us about Mariah or Mara, Mariah? What was it's her? Mara. 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 Please yeah, tell us. it's Mara. You know, um, many of the indigenous, um, you know, um, ancient people predicted of a time um, on earth when we would be going through um, very transcendent times, you know, highly evolutionary times. And it was predicted in Africa through the oral tradition of the, of the African shamans um, that a time would return when the white lions um, would, would return as they ushered usher in this time of great change. And the white lions are only found normally, naturally, um, in a place called Timbavadi, South Africa. And uh, that place, Timbavadi, means, you know, one of the meanings of it is where the, the star lions came down. And these lions are white lions um, with blue eyes and white re- representing um, uh, light, just like in the native people here in the United States, the white buffalo, it's, it represents this light or holiness. Um, and there are many, you know, there's the white bear in Canada, there's the white reindeer, there's white crocodile. I mean, there's many different kind of white animals. But this one was predicted after maybe, a, a, um, this was in, in the year 2000, actually, is when Mara was born. And, uh, but she was predicted that year before in 1999, um, Linda Tucker, who's a, a, con- a conservationist and is doing amazing work uh, with the white lions and with conservation in South Africa and around the world, she had worked with Maria Koso, who was known as the Lion Queen of Timbavati, um, and a, a woman, a sacred uh, woman who connects um, energetically with the lions. And Maria had shared with her that a specific lion was going to come to usher in these times. And that lion was born um, in 2000 in the place in South Africa um, known as Bethlehem, South Africa. So she was born, also interesting enough, she was born on Christmas Day. So Christmas Day in the town of Bethlehem uh, in South Africa in the year 2000, you know, Wow. <laughs> I was I know, but and she was born though in a canned camp, which is kind of, you know, you know, spiritually significant that here at a time on our planet when we are going through all of these changes and we are being ushered in by, you know, the lion who is the apex predator during these times, you know, and I'll speak more about it later, but it's the time of Leo in Aqu- in Aquarius. Um, this is the new age that we are entering. But here a lion is born in a cage who is the apex predator, you know, um, not in a cage, but essentially representing a cage by the industry, which is known as canned lion hunting, where lions are bred 
you know, um, socialized so that uh, they can bring money to those that are in this industry. It's a cattle industry for lions. And I hate to even say cattle because my whole relationship with understanding anything um, is, you know, all animals are sacred, you know, just like all people are sacred. We all carry a sacred soul essence here. So it's significant that here Mara, this lion that was predicted, and she was named Mara, mother of the sun, after by the indigenous people there. But she was born in a can camp in Bethlehem on Christmas Day. And well, Linda and- Tucker vowed to free her. And that is an incredible journey in her book, her second book, that describes freeing Mara um, and her three cubs and bringing them back to their homeland, which is in Timbavati, where the Global White Lion Protection Trust is. Well, and you started to speak to being the apex predator, and you speak about that in the book and how the lions are here to teach us about right leadership. Do you want to touch on that for a moment? Yeah, uh, you know, um, when we we know that with an apex predator, like a lion or, or a wolf, that when they are allowed to to, you know, to be the, the apex predator or to, you know, to sit as, um, you know, the king and the queen, essentially, of the, the animal kingdom, um, that everything then, out of love and respect, falls into alignment. You know, they eat, you know, through a sacred relationship with the prey. So the prey that they eat, it's, you know, it's as if that prey gives up its light, you know, and it's the one that's usually the weakest or the one that's ready to leave the herd, you know, or decides to give itself up to the lion to feed the lion. But everything falls into balance, not just the animals, but the grasslands, you know, the bush itself, the streams, the waters, everything can find its it's natural balance when it is in alignment and it's not abused. It's conscious. It's, you know, it's spiritual. Um, it's in a hyphen alignment, just like when the wolf has returned to Yellowstone. It's not just the animals that, you know, begin to flourish again. It is all of the natural world. It's the streams and the rivers that all of a sudden are finding new pathways because things are being respected um, naturally. It doesn't mean we can't, you know, you know, use it, but we have to use it consciously. And we drink the water consciously. We, you know, we eat the plants and grow them consciously. You know, the lion represents how to be consciously in relationship with each other. Is that kind of... That's great. You did a great job of explaining that. Yes. And I do believe that that's what we are awakening to is how to find our conscious role on this planet. I think we got really lost in our consumerism and in some things. And now it's the time of, of awakening and coming back into alignment. And it's, it's amazing to me to read about the role of these different parts of the world also in that. And as we know, as shamanic students, as within, so without. So whatever's going on in the world is going in within the body and vice versa. You kind of spoke to that in your book. I, I just want to reference a specific place in here. In your chapter around awakening our spiritual warrior, you say to really live, to become who we truly are, our, our brain, our, let me try this again. To really live, to become who we truly are, our hearts need to break open to the depth of our human experiences. And then you start to talk about warrior shadow work. What are you opening up there for the reader? Oh, that's a really, really good question. Um, Because our hearts have been so hardened. And and I use the word hardened because it's, it's, it's been a protection mechanism. 
if we think about how trauma affects our trust in the world and our connection with others, you know, when we are when we experience something very traumatic and the pain of it isn't processed, you know, for whatever reason, and most of us have not processed our traumas. We weren't given permission. It was really about pulling ourselves up by the bootstraps mentality and, you know, kind of going forward, you know, um, and I think because there has been so much trauma, it wasn't safe to be vulnerable. You know, um, we were afraid that if we were vulnerable, something bad would happen. And I think through this, this shift that is occurring, we are willing to take that risk to crack open those hearts. And that means to really allow ourselves to be vulnerable in all of the ways um, that allow us to tap into our own unique, authentic self that we each carry a particular kind of medicine, you know, essentially a, a gift by being true to ourselves. And the only way we can really get there is to crack that heart open. And I think when we do that, we're able to call forth an energy, a passion, a sense of purpose that comes from the weaving of the dark and the light within us, from the pain as well as the joy. And sometimes it's our joy that's not expressed. And sometimes that's what has to break loose is all that joy. But when we break out of that, the pain releases, the joy has a freedom to be able to be expressed. We know that when we are in relationship with other, we might feel things deeply and we might cry or we might scream. You know, we might process these feelings. But as we do, this this place inside of us begins to weave the magic of that inner and uh, the inner what, what what I often refer to, although it doesn't really you know it's more like weaving together the 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 right and left brain rather than the masculine and feminine aspects of ourself. But when we weave those together and we heal that, we bring forth a huge energy that knows it can stand in the truth of what is right and hold compassionately uh, right action as a sacred warrior, as a shamanic warrior. But it is in this integration piece because the warrior energy itself, I believe, has often been associated with wanting to protect, which is it's not a bad thing, but it's come what's come with it is uh, much trauma, <laughs> much trauma. And when we are operating from trauma and we bring forth that sacred we bring forth the warrior energy from trauma. It's not clear. Does that make sense? It's it's a contaminated, uh, or maybe contaminated is not the right word. It is an energy that has been um, more narrowly focused because it has been blocked from by our own traumatic experiences, and yes. and we carry this in us. We all carry this in us because it has been passed on from generation to generation to generation, and it caused. I believe it caused us to be separate then because the other became our enemy, whether it was nature or a different culture or a different religion or of a different sexual orientation. That other is an aspect of ourself, but we became disconnected because we could no longer see it because of the blockages. Wow, you described that so well. And that's exactly what we see when we look at how disconnected we are from from nature, from one another, and truly from our own self. Because as you said, that balancing begins within. Exactly. Yes. yes. And that's it. That's, you know, when we do the work and we start to heal these parts, we bring these parts back to us. And then with that, our whole field expands and we become, it's like the networks, uh, you know, begin to open up again. Those seeds that are dormant in us begin to get electrified. And we begin to then know that everything has a language and a vibration. And we can, you know, begin to communicate or connect 
you know, and and be in relationship with other, with, you know, with love. It's really about awakening the heart, right? Yes, it is. Well, and you also speak very well in the book about our DNA. And you talk about, and this is my first exposure to this, even with all the shamanic work and all the guests I've had, the 31st meridian that runs through Africa is the spine of Mother Earth and correlates with our own DNA. And then you speak to like the role of the elephants with that. Please tell our listeners a little about that because it's just fascinating. It, it is. It kind of, you know, when I began to put those details together and, and Linda Tucker in her Mystery of White Lions book also talks about that. But for me, it was such an amazing a, you know, um, insight or revelation to understand that this meridian, which, um, and I'm, and I'm going to say that if we took all of the land masses of earth and we laid them flat and put them together at one point, they were all connected in one landmass called Pangea. And it was completely surrounded by what, you know, ocean water, salt water. So we can kind of even just get a glimpse that in some ways that's sort of like the embryo. You know that, but if you divide this in half, these land masses, it becomes the spine of that mother or mother baby, you know, and that spine is the thirty first meridian, and um, it connects to our own energetic spines. The Earth itself is a macrocosm, and we are a holographic representation of that. Our spines correlate with the Great Mother, and. Um, to know that it goes all the way around the continent. But, you know, for the most part, I've been focusing, at least on this book, is on the African continent. But it does link other incredibly sacred places around the planet. And, of course, you know, we had the continents shift. The, the Greenwich line is actually a man-made line, you know, that starts at zero, when essentially if we, if we look at it and understand that it was made for a particular reason, we can come back to understanding this nilotic meridian is, is the 31st meridian, you know, and along it, it, you know, this is where we first, we know, you know, through more and more research and uh, scientific research that all of humans originated from these areas, from this 31st meridian, right around this meridian. Timbavati is on this meridian, you know, the Sphinx pause up in, you know, at, at Giza, it lies on, it lies on this meridian at the northern top of the continent. Great Zimbabwe, an ancient civilization is on this meridian. You know, there's a lot of really incredibly sacred places. Another one is recently named Adam's calendar, but it is an ancient astro- astrological calendar um, that is a medicine wheel, you know, that, that marks, you know, the, the, you know, the, the seasons, you know, the, the stars um, in terms of the equinox and the solstice and the sunrise and the sunset. It is there on this meridian and it is said to be at least 75,000 years old. I mean, it is, it is it's the oldest astrological calendar on the planet, but it's been relatively unknown. You know, Africa itself has been referred to as the dark continent. It's been, it's all, you know, it's been... Um, dismissed. It's been, you know, there's been so much trauma through so much of um, many, many cultures for many years trying to take the resources from this continent. Yes. You know, and interesting enough, on this meridian is where the gold is. Um, you know, the, they talk about the as above, so below, as within, so without. Mm-hmm. You know, the the meridian itself, if you, there is a river that runs underneath the Earth's crest. 
that is the golden seam. It's where all the gold is harvested. It's where the diamonds are harvested. It's where all of these, all of these things that are being used right now by us, you know, to make our cell phones, to make our computers, we are harvesting from this earth. And it's been essentially taken over by many Western industries that are, are there taking this stuff out of the spine of our great mother. And we recognize that it's, it's brilliant. This stuff is brilliant. Look what it has been able to do. It has opened up connections with us to be able to communicate with each other, long distances, these pathways. But it, again, is out of alignment. It's an abuse of the great mother. It's not in respect. It's not conscious. We're not working with it in a, in a way that's, that's holy and understanding that we are in relationship with it. It, too, has a consciousness. This is all on the 31st meridian. The mountain gorillas, I'm taking a tour there soon in February next year to be with them because they are calling me. And it is right on the 31st meridian, you know, right there, Uganda and Rwanda, you know, um, and the Congo, you know, are on, are closely connected to this sacred place. And these animals right now are ahead of us. As some, some would say, a great animal communicator said, Carly, they are ahead of us. They are guiding us right now. Yes. So the elephants and the lions and the cheetahs and the, you know, the crocodiles are all right now wanting to support us and ask us also to help them on this 31st meridian. And so when we tune into those messages, we begin to heal the 31st meridian and we begin to also support the healing inside of us and vice versa. You know, just listening to you now, I have to tell you that when I look at what we're doing as a society, uh, as a country, as a world, how out of consciousness we tend to be when you look at the big picture, I get discouraged. You must get discouraged having these direct conversations with these animals. And I know that from my own experience in Peru, I felt the unconditional love that nature has for us. And that even made it a bit more challenging for me to see what we're doing in response to that. How do you stay positive and encouraged? And what little steps do you hope that people will take that will turn into bigger steps? You know, I am hopeful. I think by nature, you know, that is that is who I am. And I think because I am opening up more and more and I am seeing other people open up. And I say open uh, meaning to, to, they're becoming much more expansive. They're beginning to be much more spiritually connected, but in an earth body, uh, you know, yes. uh, which I think is really critical that we're having to, you know, to, to actually um, uh, be uh, sacred warriors. We're having to, you know, put it into action, sacred activation, or sacred, become sacred activists, you know, at a time right now. And it can be done simply um, by vibrating at a different frequency, by, you know, being more conscious of, you know, our relationship with others and beginning to bridge those, you know, gaps, um, you know, of, of this other, you know, separation that we've had. Uh, you know, to answer, I mean, there are some real concrete things that we can do, but I think the biggest thing is that we begin to continue to do our own work and we begin to do that in relationship with whatever our peace is inside of us that's being called to do, to listen to that inner guidance. It could be as simple as saying hello to the person at the grocery store, you know, waving to somebody who's driving on, down the road with you, opening yourself up 
to recognizing the other as, you know, as uh, someone that represents an aspect of yourself. That being said, one of the things I talked with you just briefly about earlier is that there is a higher perspective, that when you begin to be spiritually tuned in, you begin to understand a larger, you know, have a larger perspective and understanding. I know that this new age we are in is 26,000 years. We are just entering it to the north as, you know, when, when Earth's axis tilts, you know, on that vertical axis, right, it, it rotates through all 12 houses of the zodiac in the sky, in the heavens. And right now, it, you know, it is moving into the age of, which I mentioned earlier, Aquarius to the north and Leo to the south. So it's in relationship Humanity in relationship with their own inner authority and inner lion coming into alignment. And this period of time won't happen. I mean, it's a it's 2,600 year period approximately, but it won't happen again for 26,000 years. We are the midwives of this, Cheryl. We are midwifing it in. So we are beginning to plant the seeds and put them into action and to see that there is a higher perspective and understanding of the energies that we have never, ever been able, at least I have never been able to understand before. And so Mm -hmm. that gives me hope to understand that these networks are beginning to shift. And with that, more light is being shined is another way to look at it. And with more light shining, more shadow comes out, all the crevices, all of those things that, uh, you know, all of those things that we have not seen before or have discounted or swept under the rug or went yes. into a distortion or, you know, uh, minimization or whatever it is, we can't hide from them anymore. They're blatant. And they're asking us right now, you know, to do our part, you know, by coming home to ourselves and to to healing our hearts, you know, really is about awakening that fifth dimensional heart. Yes. But to do that, we have to do our own work. Yes. Oh, and it's so true what you're saying. We're seeing it everywhere. And I know people tell me, oh my gosh, this looks like the darkest of times ever. How can anybody say that there's more light? But that is the whole paradox right there. The more light shines, the more the darkness is seen for what it is so that we can heal and transmute those energies. And it's everywhere. It's literally everywhere right now. And yeah. And it is important to And as Star Wolf would heart. say, the dark and light, no difference, you yes. know, and I'm really getting this, you know, to understand that it's both and. Yes, yes, yes. And and some of those instances are easier to sit with than others, as I shared with you yes. right before the show. Um, my producer, Mario, is not here today because he, uh, a close relative of his was killed tragically instantly on the highway. And this is the second time his family's been through something like this. It's really raising our awareness, even about the way we drive and just everywhere that we're not being mindful, our awareness is being raised to bring mindfulness to that. And that Mm -hmm. is about expanding consciousness and, and sharing love with people as they're going through their personal experiences. And that I think community is so important to be there for one another through this, because it can be very challenging. It can be very challenging, you know, and we might become overwhelmed and want to shut down, you know, and detach. That is how many of us survived by detaching, you know, and this is calling forth for us, you know, to bring forth. And this is part of that warrior, that shamanic warrior, to bring compassion with a new kind of insight and understanding, 
and you know, um, to allow ourselves to feel and digest our experiences and not let them, when we see outrage, that we allow ourselves to feel it, you know, but not, and this is a hard part, because we have to develop those resources to not become uh, incapacitated yes. you know, by it. Yes. And, uh, and it is interesting to see it in the greater context, you know, for those of us that have that are awakening, we've got the human going through that level of it. We've got the soul seeing a much higher perspective of what's going on. And it seems like other levels in between. It almost is become like being a multi dimensional person at conscious at all levels and trying to process at all levels. And that that is the spiritual warrior staying present to that without getting lost in it. Right. Right. And so with that, we need balance. That's why the lion, you know, another example of the lion. Yes. How do we find that balance for ourselves? What does a lion do? You know, my experience, I've been seven, six times now, six or seven, yeah, to Africa and being with those lions, you know, they are very slow and methodical, you know, through their day. They, you know, they show us a model for how to, you know, hold the energy in their bodies of, um, you know, of rest, even if we're not resting to be able to learn how to hold the energy of rest until we need to, 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 um, move, you know, they hold it until it's time to hunt, you know, but in the meantime, they're very luxuriously, you know, um, still very, very aware, but, uh, laying on the ground and, and sleeping or, you know, um, napping, uh, resting in the shade. Yeah. So part of it is learning how to navigate that. And it's not easy. I, you know, I don't want to, um, suggest in any way that it's, it's easy to see what's going on in the world. It's very hard and it's, um, and it's calling us to, um, to make some different choices. You know, the oceans are dying, you know, rather than being overwhelmed, it's, knowing that we can do something, you know, to be more conscious of how we use plastics, for example, or, you know, as simple as it is, it makes a difference when one person after another consciously says no more, you know, when a state declares like New York did, no more plastic bags, it makes a difference. Yes. And, And when we get overwhelmed, we can shut down and say, why bother? You know, nobody listens anyway. It's all going to end. I'm just going to do what I want. You know, that's a, that's a sense of helplessness and hopelessness posture, mm-hmm. you know, and that means some work needs to be done to, you know, to awaken that part of us that can make a difference every day. Simple, simple things because our energy shifts. And when our energy shifts, everyone around us begins to shift. Yes. And often that hopelessness comes from stuff stuffed emotions or just you know having no clue which way to go and 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 there is so much that we can do to shift our vibration i had somebody reaching out today saying you know i'm i'm really fighting with the negativity and i said what little thing can you be grateful for like it really is an act of responsibility to say this is my ship this is my energy field I'm the one that needs to shift it. And how can I do that? And it's great that they reached out. I think social media is a wonderful tool for that. Reach out for help when you need it, because we are all in this together. And that can be very beneficial. That's another message really for um, this new age, you know, is, is the Aquarian message. 
an Aquarian from what I'm gathering and understand, and you know, I know just a little bit about astrology, but that it is a time of community, you know, and to really bring in um, our sisters and brothers, a human of our human family, as well as our animal kingdom. But right now, I want to speak about the human family to know that we are all in this together. And um, it's about, you know, more equitably supporting each other, you know, through the difficult trying times that we are in. Yes. You do a lot to help people along this path because some of this stuff may be very new for people. So do you want to tell us just a little bit about like events you may have coming up or how they can come and work with you at your center to become more of the spiritual warrior that's called for right now? <laughs> yes, we, we um, you can find a lot of our um, upcoming events um, at www.ahara and it's A-A-H-A-R-A spiritualcommunity.org. And Ahara means to breathe, and that is a congregation of Venus Rising that my husband John Malin and I started eight years ago about. So we are entering our seventh year of doing something called the Shamanic Healing Initiatory Process, and it exists. Um, we have it. We just started the Cycles of Change, um, but you can um, sign up for any of them. They stand on their own. The next one is coming up in uh, May. This the 17th through the 19th here in Springfield, Illinois. And it's a Friday night, all day Saturday and Sunday. And that initiation or module is on the family of origin. Each of these ship uh, modules uh, correspond with an element and the birth process. And uh, it's really deep, uh, personal work. People change as a result of doing this work. I did a month long at Venus Rising um, and it completely changed my life. And uh, I would highly encourage people if they are interested at all in deep personal transformation using something called shamanic breathwork as the tool. This this will this will definitely put you in the right direction and support you in changing your life. Um, we also started. And this is something because I have been so interested in the sacred. Um, and I'm calling it the Sacred Shamanic Warrior, actually, and started something called the Sacred um, Warriorship Path Series. And right now it is a series of three workshops that stand on their own. The first one is really embracing the lion energy. The second one is the um, dragon. And the third is the eagle. And uh, it's under development. We've already finished and graduated our first group of people from these three workshops. And it is really about getting in touch with that inner warrior part of yourself, um, which is a, an amazing development. And I look forward to it growing even more. The first, this next one starts in August. So it's a little bit of ways um, from now, but uh, it's coming. And um, the other really big thing is that we are taking, my husband and I, uh, another tour um, to Africa, and this time to the Mountain Gorillas in February uh, 2020. So it'll be at February 1st through the 13th, and we will be going to Uganda and Kenya to be with the Maasai people and um, the Batwa people and, uh, you know, the, the lions and, and the elephants and, you know, all the wonderful wildlife and on the Maasai Mara, which is one of the reserves, and then taking them to uh, connect with the mountain gorillas in Uganda and uh, do some really deep work using shamanic breathwork and using personal and uh, uh, intentions for healing for the 31st meridian. 
That is so beautiful. And we don't heal the earth, but what we heal ourselves and vice versa, because it is all connected. So that is amazing work that you guys are doing. Thank you. It's, um, it's an honor. And I'm so delighted to be on your show and to be able to share my passions. I can just feel the heart energy just so big. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what you're up to is amazing. I'm so delighted to connect with you. And I would invite you now for all of the beautiful and ancient messengers that you've connected with in the animal kingdom and on the sacred lands of Africa and all that you've brought here and through your own life. Is there a parting message that they and you would like to leave with us today? Mm. The message that's coming through is for you to know, for all of us to know that we are being incredibly supported as we step into a whole new role of lion-hearted leadership from the within and uh, to know that we are divinely supported both by heaven and earth, the great above, the great below, and to trust. That's such a perfect message. I don't think we can hear it enough because we can forget. In the invisible realm, all that supports us, we can forget and All we have to do is stop and feel and we suddenly know they're there again. Yeah. So beautiful. Thank you so much for being with us, Carly. This was a wonderful visit and I do hope that we get to meet one day. I do too. Thank you so much, Cheryl. And I'm delighted to be on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Thank you, listener, for joining us. Let us know what you think. We welcome your feedback and support at journeyofpossibilities.com. And don't forget to join us next week on Exploring Possibilities.